Welcome to Thrive Deeper, the show based on the Thrive Bible Reading Guides. This is an ongoing conversation about God's Word with Thrive's author, Dr. Matthew Jacoby, and your host, DJ Payne. G'day and welcome to Thrive Deeper. It's episode 126. It's your old mate DJ Payne here. And on this episode, we finally arrived. We finally arrived. This is it. The end of the book of Acts. It's part six of six in our series here on Thrive Deeper. We know where it started all those weeks ago with Jesus giving promises in Jerusalem. Where are we going to end up at the book of Acts? No spoilers, but it's a long way from Jerusalem. (laughs) All right, so grab your Bibles, grab your pens, grab that copy of the Thrive Daily Reading Guide, and let's sit down and get into this. Let's see what it's all about. The book of Acts here on Thrive Deeper. As we're sitting down to record this, Matt, my mind is just all music. Yeah. Because on on Fridays, uh, Friday mornings when we record this, I am doing the telly now. Mm. And I don't want to, it's not not a plug for the telly, mm. no plugs for the telly here, but I'm doing the telly now. And Fridays is All Request Friday. Mm. So people are just requesting Christian songs. Yeah, right. yeah. So my, my mind is a jumble of, uh, you know, everything from Carmen to Amy Grant. Oh my goodness. To, <laughs> to, That's going back. To, to Hillsong, to everywhere. I've gone yep. everywhere all over the map. So wow. I'm looking forward to sitting down with you now and, yeah. and, and sort of consolidating and wrapping up the Book of Acts. That's right. Yeah. So... I'm, I've loved this last section. It moves fast now. Yeah, where, uh, it's it really speeds up. We've got the uh, this last section of Acts, which is sometimes referred to as the passion narrative of Paul. That because, is a, that's great. Uh, you know, Paul, in in a sense, Paul's experience is patterned very much after that of Christ. Yes. Uh, so and there, especially there is, Luke's version, Luke's yeah. using similar <clears throat> language and simi- yeah, similar similar right. of what he wrote for. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. So Luke, uh, you know, records Jesus saying, you know, unless you take up your cross and follow me, you cannot be my disciple. And so that's played out here in this narrative. We see Paul taking up his cross, following Jesus uh, in the same way as the passion of Jesus led through to the victory of the cross and the resurrection. Yes. We see... uh, the book of Acts end on a note of victory uh, yes. because he gets to Rome. This has been promised. You're, you're, God is, you're spoiling. You're jumping I know. Right I'm, to the I'm end. jumping to the end. <laughs> but big picture, God had promised him that he would go to Rome. Yeah. But he's going to go to Jerusalem first, and it's a long and convoluted journey to get there. It I mean, totally is. But it's amazing the providence. It's I, I love the twists and turns of this story. This is this is like it's like Luke has given us an outline for one of the best. Uh, television series yeah. of all time. Oh uh, yeah, you know. Yeah, how, it, how are they going to get there? You know, <laughs> because it, it is it is going everywhere. So let's just take a step back. Uh, if you if you hopefully you've been joining us for all the other episodes around Acts, and we've gotten to the place now where. Uh, you know the the story. Luke, Doctor Luke, who's writing this, is is an accompaniment. Is like you know he's obviously mm. either taking notes about the journeys that he wasn't on, but mm. now towards the end he's there yeah, with him. Yeah, he's he's part of yeah. the action. That's right. So because he's part of the action, he's writing it all the twists and turns and all the little intricacies here in the in the story. I love that part of it. the The place where we're up to is Paul. You know we've just he's just arrived into Jerusalem, mm. where he's been saying he's going to be going for a while beloved friends, families, churches have all said, do not go to Jerusalem. Yeah. You are wanted in Jerusalem. You're, you know, it's like literally Old West, you know, wanted yeah. poster. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, you know, they they know how much he is hated in Jerusalem. But there's another factor here that's driving Paul when you read all of his letters is that there is a there's a, a, a famine happening mm. in Jerusalem. Yeah. And the and the main church in Jerusalem is actually really suffering. Suffering from, you know, lack of food, lack of money. Yeah. And we're sort of like almost almost, you know, a decade or so along after those early church stories mm. when they sold everything and they're living together thinking yep. that Jesus was going to come back any second. A couple of decades on, they don't have anything. They're sort of going, "Oh my goodness, we're stuck." They're suffering the famine as well. Mm. So Paul's Paul's got another attitude of we see in his letters that he's taking collections, he's mm. raising money yeah. from all these other little churches, all in his journeys to take back to Jerusalem. Yeah. So there's a combination here of 
famine w- yeah. was the big cause of their issues, the, the Christians uh, in Judea, but also persecution. Yeah. Uh, the, their lives have been severely interrupted by persecution. And so they need support from these Gentile churches. And it's a wonderful, there's a wonderful blessing in this that the gospel has gone out to the Gentiles, something yes. that was very controversial, but yeah. blessing has come back. I love it. So there's this sense in which God, through his people, this is the Abrahamic promise, you know, I will bless you and you will be a blessing. But what has happened as as the blessing has gone out through Paul and his companions of they've traveled, it's come back uh, to the Jewish people, to the Jewish Christians in Judea. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that so Paul is Paul is bang, finally arrived into uh, he arrives into Jerusalem in Acts 21. Yeah. Uh, and straight away, you know, he goes, does what he does. He goes to the temple, does, you yeah. know, goes out and starts talking to people. And yeah. not long after, <clears throat> the other Jews who've been following yeah. him and causing trouble all along follow yeah. him to, back to Jerusalem. Yeah, that's right. Let me, at this point, I might actually answer a question that we yeah. got. Um, the a question came up about there was, there's this sense, uh, as it says in uh, chapter 20, verse 22, Paul says that compelled by the Spirit, I'm going to Jerusalem. So yep. he's going to Jerusalem because, and he, he doesn't exactly know why, but the, the the Holy Spirit is leading him to Jerusalem. But the Holy Spirit is also telling him as he goes there that there's going to prison and hardship face yes. him. That's what he says to the Ephesian elders. Sometimes now, through prophets. Yeah, that's who, right. Who through are saying, prophets, hey, you're going to be right. like, I'm yeah. taking yeah. off my belt and binding myself up. That's going to happen to you, Paul. And that's he's right. Like, yeah. Great, <laughs> and then it says when he got to Tyre, so he's he's in he's just north of, uh, on the northern coast of, um, you know, of, uh, Judea that uh, sort of north of Judea. Yes, um, it says we sought out the disciples there and stayed with them seven days. Through the Spirit, they urged Paul not to go on to Jerusalem, and the question was, hang on. Didn't the Holy Spirit call him to go, but through the Spirit, they're, they're now urging him not to go as the yeah. Spirit changed his mind. Yeah. And the answer is no. What what they've sensed, see, because he says that, that the Holy Spirit warns him that prison and hardship mm. are facing. So, what they've, they've, in this prophetic sense, sensed that this is happening, that yeah. there's prison and hardship. Definitely. Uh, so, through the Spirit, they've, they've discerned this yeah. uh, for Paul. And therefore... They're, they're saying, you know, yeah. don't go, don't go. Possibly also um, as a way of testing Paul's resolve somewhat. Yes. You know, so uh, I don't see this as a contradiction. I think uh, what the Spirit has shown them is that there is suffering up ahead. Mm. And uh, they've in- responded that by trying to stop him to go. But he, but that gives him the, the opportunity to show his resolve and, and go this, anyway. And this is a perfect example. Again, we're tying back over <clears throat> to our other sister podcast, Thrive Perspectives, yeah. where we've been talking yeah. about spiritual gifts and, yeah. you know, life in the spirit. This is a great example of how the spirit will give us insight. The spirit will move us. The spirit will give us direction. And and even if you have the gift of pros- prophecy or, you know, discernment or a word of knowledge or any of these things, yeah. spirit will give you, you can still interpret. Your brain's still yeah, working. Right. There. Your yeah. emotions are still yeah, part of it. That's right. So these people, the spirit is revealing to them that they're not, they're not going to see Paul again yeah. if he goes to Yeah, Jerusalem. that's right. Yeah. And he, Paul is acknowledging that. Yeah. And Paul is like, yeah, this is what is going to happen. But they're emotionally not handling it and saying, yeah. no, 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 no. Yeah, that's right. So we, that's the insight. Yeah. It's, not, it's yeah. not that there's a conflict of, you know, two messages going out there. Mm. It's the same message. It's just that Paul is a little bit, one step ahead of them yeah, and knows, right. what, <laughs> knows right. what's going to yeah. happen. No, that's good. <laughs> well, we've got eight chapters to go through. So, we'll, uh, and, and actually it's good because we want to – this moves quickly and, yes. and, and an overview, I think, uh, is good. Interestingly, when he gets to Jerusalem, they point out, as it says in uh, verse 20 of chapter 21, I think, yes. or, or am I, yeah, 21, that many of the, many thousands of Jews have come to believe. Now, Fantastic. Uh, so these many thousands of Jews have come to believe, they are still largely observing uh, the Jewish customs, yes, w- which is fine. Uh, so these are Messianic Jews, but they've heard that Paul is, you know, they've heard Mixing these lies Gentiles, basically yes, that yes. that he's chucked out the law of Moses and all this uh, all this stuff. And, and well, the other big thing is, and we get this again in the thing, we don't mm-hmm. understand the big gulf between the Jewish mind, yeah. and the Gentile world, yeah, and the fact that Paul is bridging both is an abomination. 
to yeah. a lot of the Jewish yeah, minds. Yeah, that's right. So they just can't, st- they're still quite not getting their head ag- around this. But what's going to help is if they debunk the idea that Paul is throwing out the law of Moses. So, we get, so James we get and, and, the, story, and yeah. the crew in Jerusalem quite wisely say, look, here's a, here's a ritual, purification ritual. Uh, if you go through this, it'll prove to them that you're not throwing out the law of Moses. Interestingly, it's been you know, suggested that this purification ritual in a way deals with, because they would have understood that he would have been defiled in some sense by contact with Gentiles. Yes. So, this is a purification ritual yeah. that is going to kind of deal with that in a sense. Now, it's interesting. I love it. Paul, in some sense, would have objected to needing to do this, yeah. and yet- he doesn't want to cause unnecessary pain or obs- he doesn't want to put any put up any unnecessary obstacles. I think we can learn from this stuff. So he goes through something that he doesn't, you know, that he could well have objections to because he's choosing his battles. Yes. And, and he's also he, not one he's and he's also have. very openly we have this attitude from Paul all along and we see it in his <clears> letters. He is not saying I'm above the elders in Jerusalem, yeah, the that's other right. apostles yeah, yeah. in Jerusalem and the leaders in Jerusalem. He's like, no, no, I am coming underneath their leadership and this is another way of showing yeah. that I will I will obey, yeah. I will observe. And, you know, and like you say, Lord knows what he's eaten. Yeah. Lord knows who he's been shaking hands with yeah. all, over the, all, yeah. all over the last few years. So, going back to Jerusalem yeah. might be part of it for yeah, him as that's well. that's right. Now, despite that, and, and this is the, the, the sort of passion narrative parallel here, despite clearly being innocent, he's nevertheless, uh, you know, uh, con- the Jews are convinced, not not the um, the Christian messianic uh, yes. Jews, probably, but the but some Jews come from the pro- province of Asia and they stir up trouble. Now these would be the same ones that we see from like Thessalonica and all of yeah. those other areas that have been yeah. given so grief all along. That's right. So these are people that are coming uh, at least you know once a year. They're, they're coming to Jerusalem, so that's not unusual for Jews to gather and you know to travel uh, to Jerusalem, and and it says that they're from the province of Asia. So they um, they spread this rumor that. Paul has brought some Greek believer into the temple, which is an absolute no-no because only Jews are allowed in the temple courts there and that he's defiled the holy place. Now, this is a complete complete lie, complete Mm -hmm. fabrication. Uh, So, again, the emphasis here, uh, Luke is showing this is the guilty uh, being – sorry, this is the innocent being treated as guilty. There's this riot. You know, they drag him uh, out. Immediate. And they they are – you know – they're setting about killing him, basically, uh, you know, and, and it's actually the Romans, and this is an important point, because these are Jews complaining that Paul is not keeping the law, yeah. and yet they're prepared to basically break mob trial, yeah. break, you know, a sacred Jewish law, you know, that, that he needs to have a fair trial and, yep. and no one should be executed, but they're going to execute, they're setting about executing him there and then. And now, this is the first note we get from Dr. Luke here. Now, Luke is is probably, by all accounts, a Gentile believer. Mm-hmm. He, he makes this subtle point. There's a subtle point all the way through from now to the end of the book is that the Romans aren't the enemies. Yeah. Like, they, the Jewish yeah, mind yeah, is that they're, right. they're considered yeah. the enemy of God. We need to overthrow the Romans. The Romans rescue Paul time yeah. and time well, and time yeah, again. And th- this is, this is an, uh, an important point uh, here, I think, because what we're going to see is – the, the the Roman Gentiles, in a sense, showing up with their just, they're, they're going to act a lot more justly towards Paul yes. than his Jewish brothers and sisters are, yeah. uh, you know, which really shows them up because the, here they are. Uh, and this is, you know, we're, we're here, you know, probably in the late, very late 50s. I mean, this is a yes. time where anti-Gentile sentiment, you know, remember you get the Jewish wars from 66 to 70 AD, right? This is a stage right now where anti-Gentile, anti-Roman sentiment is really bubbling, okay? So, we've got to keep that background in mind, right? And and it's his contact with the Gentiles that's problematic for the Jewish people. But what Luke is going to show here is that the Gentiles actually are going to do a better job of looking after Paul, who is... A Roman citizen, and that's emphasised here, and yes. I, I think it's emphasised, um, you know, to show that, well, the Romans are treating one of their own better than these Jewish people are treating one of their own. Yes. Um, 
So, so that's it, a contrast. It, in the middle of the right, they're, they're getting ready to kill. The, the crowd is getting out of control. Luke says the whole city was rocked, mm. you know, so they're getting getting crazy. It is so much so that the Roman regiments in Jerusalem are going, what the heck is going on? Yep. They ride into the middle of it and they see him, you know, mobbed. The commander has to grab him. They pull him out. They chain him up. Um, everyone is shouting. They're trying to figure out, what you know, one thing. And it gets to the point where it says, you know, the soldiers had to lift Paul above their heads. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and get him out Crazy because stuff. the people were yeah. going to people going to drag him out yep. and kill him. Yeah, that's right. So he goes on to the uh, up up onto the steps as they're drawing him away asked to speak to the Jewish people and he and he basically gives his testimony. Remember Paul's priority here is not to escape from trouble. Remember, he's just gone into the jaws of trouble. His priority is to share the message of the good news with them. So, he yeah. wants to take, even though the, it's crazy context, yeah. even though they want to kill him, he's going to risk it, say, hang on, I want to talk to these people, which he does. And he gives his testimony. And I, and I love the fact that Luke makes a point twice in these two chapters that mm. Paul is so wise. And I don't know if it's a miraculous point or if it's just a miraculous wisdom of Paul, but Paul decides to speak Aramaic. Yeah. And that stuns. Yeah. Number one, the crowd was silent. Yeah. When he says that right, he's going to talk, they're all listening. But as soon as he starts speaking Aramaic, the crowd is like really silent. Yeah, like he's really one of us. So he goes and he talks about how, yes, I understand this zeal. That was me. Yeah. I was killed. You know, I, I felt like you did. And I and he talks about his conversion. And then he gets to the point where uh, Jesus says to him, go, I will send you far away to the Gentiles. This is down in verse 21 of 20, chapter 22. 22, yeah. Yeah, so 22, 21. And that's as soon magic, as he mentions the Gentiles, that's the magic word. they all go nuts, right? And it's not just he mentions the Gentiles. They're even at this point, they're, they're able to listen and go, okay, you've seen the Lord. They don't, they're not reacting about the Lord. Mm. They're not reacting about the testimony. They're not reacting about the miraculous things, yeah. anything. It's at the point yeah. when the Lord God says, go to the Gentiles. They're like, the end. Yeah, that's right. The end. That's it. Yeah. That's Last right. Me. I mean, they, me. the, you know, they're preoccupied with, you know, kicking the Gentiles out of the kingdom where he's got this message that no God is drawing Gentiles into the kingdom. So, yeah. they can't handle that. Yeah. So, anyway, so they all go wild. They take him into the barracks. They, they're going to question him. Classic. This is classic Roman questioning. Yeah. Okay, we're going to question you. So, what we're going to do, we're going to flog you half to death first, and then we'll ask questions later, right? It's just, it's ridiculous. <laughs> it's, uh, but they're also- But very common. But it's also, we've got to understand the Romans are also trying to keep the Jews happy. Yeah. So they're yeah. like it's publicly, hey, we're whipping him. Listen, we're not, but they want also. Yeah. So there's a lot of political- well, it's quite common practice. Yeah, except of course with Roman citizens, you can't do this to Roman citizens. Yes, and so as they're stretching him out to be flogged, Paul says, "Oh, I'm a Roman citizen." Now there's all of this kerfuffle now because oh, you're a Roman citizen, yeah. and all this conversation about how did you get your citizenship? I was yeah. had to buy it. And, I love it. And I Paul says, it. "I was born a Roman citizen." So the point, you know, here I think is that they are treating him far better than his own uh, his own Jewish you know brothers are and um, and I think there's also something here to, I mean it's been suggested because you know Luke is writing to Theophilus and is is this is this whole narrative uh, as well as being a testimony uh, about the good news is this also part of Paul's trial yes some of these things here is this showing that he's you know well, the, and showing, my, uh, jumping in on that thought, yeah. Matt, my, my takeaway from this is that Luke, in in the time of Paul and just after Paul, when the early church is reading this, Luke is showing those who who are willing to read this that the, the way, yeah. the Christian way, yeah. this new way yeah, right. is not a threat yeah. to Rome. No, that's right. Yeah. It's not about politics. Yeah. Whereas the whereas the, it is about Jewish politics and everything like that. Yeah. It's a threat to that type of status quo. Yeah, that's right. It's not a threat to yeah, Rome. That's right. So speeding forward here because we need to move through this. So then um, the commander wants to find out what what's going on here. So he takes him, calls the Sanhedrin, yep. tells the Sanhedrin get together, um, puts Paul in the middle of the Sanhedrin. Paul uh, just throws. A, you know, yeah, uh, bomb. Yeah, it throws in a bomb. Mentions because there's Pharisees and Sadducees, and they have some fundamental disagreements between them. And he just pushes the sore spot. Of well, their even even before that, I love the fact that Paul, you know, and this is probably Paul's, um, you know, the abrasiveness of the Apostle yeah. Paul. You know that he had, that you know you sort yeah, of we do we see his character right at it, the beginning. Yeah. He's like, I have lived my life before God with a good conscience, and then straight away. <laughs> 
<laughs> the high priest is like, slap him. Get someone to slap him. And someone slaps him and Paul's like, Paul's like, how dare you? You know, like goes to react. And then it's, that he realizes it's yeah. from the high priest. Yeah. And Paul, again, showing that he's not, he, he, he wants well, well, to- Well, he, he, he refers to the, to, you know, he refers to the high priest as a whitewashed tomb. I mean- <laughs> Yeah. He's a hard man. Yes. But then they say, hey, that's the high priest that yes. you're talking to. And he apologises. He apologises. Yep, he right. apologises. Didn't know it was the high priest. And he. it's so funny. He he, had, he, he can see, I don't know. I don't yep. know if it's a struggle with Paul with this, or he really is trying to show at once that he is a Pharisee. Yeah. But he's also <clears throat> wanting to, you know, to stand up for the truth that he, yeah. he believes yeah, in. Right. It's a really yep. interesting. So, point. he throws, a, you know, he, he, you know, throws in the bomb Mentions the resurrection. I'm here because of the resurrection. They're all arguing with each other. The Roman centurion is just thinking, this is crazy stuff, uh, and, and takes him away. Um, and there's a very important verse here in uh, verse 11. Yeah. Um, the following night, the Lord stood near Paul and said, take courage as you have testified about me in Jerusalem. So you must also testify about me in Rome. Okay? Yeah. So here is this promise uh, that he's going to go to Rome. Yeah. Um, and it, it, I, I love and the, the, how he gets to Rome. Then is a really interesting. Well, if if, if twist. I, I would have loved to be a fly on the wall or be you know sitting in the room there with Paul when Jesus appears to him, because Jesus appears and says, "Look, be encouraged. Just like you're a witness to me here in Jerusalem, you're going to be a witness to me in Rome." Yeah. I wonder if Paul goes. Could you lighten up the suffering a little? Yeah, <laughs> like, you know, yeah. could you, just like I've yeah. been one because it's been pretty hard going. Yeah, that's right. It's interesting, <laughs> actually. Um, you know, because here is a promise, and and the way again, uh, you know, Luke is writing in very typical biblical style. Yeah. You know, the, the way that he, I mean, and and you just have to think, you know, the sort of patterning that he uses. You know the same spirit that inspired the writing of Genesis and yes. Exodus, and is is at work here because yeah. the same. You, what you get is that you get promise, and then you, you get fulfillment. So, so he's been. It's been promised that he will be protected and that he will go to Rome. Okay, yep. and what we see here is twists of providence that <laughs> you know that w- <laughs> where we see God's protection and guidance. And uh, look, it's amazing. And um, because when and it, and it starts straight away, it starts. Start, sorry away. to interrupt you. Yeah. It starts straight away because the next morning, the group of Jews who was so passionate about hell bent well hell <laughs> bent right. hell bent but also so passionate we got to sort of i always want to put myself in the shoes of yeah. these jews yeah and go why why it's because he's this is this radical guy who's yeah. disrupting he was one of our own and now he's he's really disrupting the whole <laughs> status right. quo they have promised they're going to go on a hunger strike until they kill you know, until yeah. they until they kill him and they are going to go very hungry yeah, well, you know, well, we, we, we never hear what happens to these no, guys. No, no, I think they might have they might have caved in eventually. But we get this amazing hand of providence that one that Paul's. This is the only one of the only references, if not the only reference, that we get to Paul's family. Yeah, Paul's sister's son, Paul's yeah. nephew. Yeah. So we. So this is a side of Paul we don't even think of. He's got family in Jerusalem yeah. as well. Yeah. And they're all involved in everything. And somehow the nephew. This is a beautiful picture. I think very. Um, you know, not not shouted loudly, but Paul's family is obviously on Paul's side. Yeah, because Paul's nephew is like, man, Uncle Paul is not. It's not looking good. I just heard this rumor, and he goes and well, the him, fact that he was in the right place at the right time. Now yeah. that's amazing. You know, that's quite amazing. So Paul's yeah. nephew somehow overhears this, brings it to Paul. Paul yeah. tells him to tell the centurion. So, in other words, he gets his protect. This is a classic because uh, the um. Uh, the commander issues an order for Rome to be taken to Caesarea with a full military escort. Like, yeah. get this. Get 200 so th- this, soldiers. This yeah, is yeah. protection, right? <laughs> this is like, you know, God said, I will protect you. Yeah. And so, what does he provide? Yeah. Uh, you know, um, a detachment of 200 soldiers, 70 horsemen and 200 spearmen. Yeah. Man, nearly five hundred dudes. That's right to protect to Paul. protect Paul. And you can imagine Paul being there with Luke and a few other companions, and they're just looking at each other, going, "Yep, God's you know God's got this under control." So they take him a, a few hours north to um, Caesarea. Yep, so they escape. Uh, they escape the the plot in Jerusalem. They get to Caesarea. We even get to r- uh, read the letter from Claudius Lysias. Yeah. 
to Felix, to the governor yep. of Caesarea. So, Lysias is the commander. Yeah. Yeah. So, we get to yep. read that letter there. Paul copies it out. I mean, yep. sorry, Luke copies it out there. And, and it's um, written to Felix. So, Felix is the Roman governor. Now, explain the relationship there. So, uh, each... Okay. So, you had... In, in each region, you had a Roman governor. Yes. Um, uh, some some regions were given over to a king. So, for example, there's an area that's under the uh, auspices of, of Agrippa II. We're going to meet Agrippa in a moment. Yep. But there were there were regions that were under like King Herod. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yep, like King Herod. Yep. So is Agrippa like King Herod? Yes. Like a, like yeah. a monarch. Yeah. In yeah. That yeah. Well, he's. A kind of a monarch, monarch, but he, well, he's called king. Yeah, and they're really just a not, puppet. Yeah, yeah, really just a puppet, yeah. puppet king in a way. And um, but so Felix is the Roman governor present in Caesarea. Caesarea is a, a Maritima is a major port, it's just north of present day uh, Tel Aviv. You can go. There's amazing uh, remains of yes. this very important port, and um, uh, th- there was a. Um, big palace there and it was an administra- very important administrative district. Anyway, the governor uh, was there. So, they send him along to the governor, Felix. Felix's rule is fraught with, I mean, as is the case with most governors, dealing with the Jewish people was yeah. a constant headache. <laughs> and he didn't do a very good job and he was eventually uh, thrown out. He was yes. eventually uh, demoted because of his failure. But because, he- because he... You know, because if you couldn't keep peace yes. in your area, you, your whole, you lost your job. And, and this is the hardest area to keep peace. So, you've got to keep that in mind. These people are wanting to, they've got to deal firmly with the Jewish people, but they've also got to not cause more trouble uh, than it's worth. And again, you've got to look at the map. I mean, it's not, it's a long way from Rome. Yeah. You know, like if these Roman leaders are sending out their governors and stuff, it's a long way from Rome. You're sort of in this backwater area yeah. of Jerusalem that is a major issue and a thorn in the side for a lot of these Romans. Yeah, that's right. So he's taken out to Felix, but Felix obviously uh, knows a lot about Jewish history, Jewish customs, yeah. the whole Jewish mindset. He seems to be across all of that as well. So yeah. in chapter 24, uh, that's right. We have the trial. So yeah. uh, he's so the uh, the Jewish leaders come down from uh, Jerusalem. Yes, uh, and they come with a lawyer, and they present the case uh, against him. But it's an empty case, as Paul uh, gives his defence. Yeah, um, it really is an empty case. I mean, you read the in the handful of verses at the beginning. They've got this lawyer Tertullus. Yeah, and he's like. Uh, he sort of constantly is making riots and uh, furthermore, he was trying to desecrate the... It doesn't... Like, there's no proof. Yeah, there's nothing... Yeah, the other Jews are like, this. yes, get rid of it. Like, they're just And it's interesting out. here now we get, at length, we get recorded these defence speeches of Paul and this plays a very important... For Luke, this plays a very important role in what he's trying to say because what... The, the key note here is that... that that Paul is pointing out is in his defense is one that Luke is very interested in. So first of all, this is not, this is a natural outgrowth of Judaism. This is, this is something that's pointed out in these speeches. This is not, uh, you know, a separate sect or something that's against Judaism. This is, this is a, you know, naturally part of, uh, really the fulfillment of the Jewish faith. Yes. Um, then secondly, this is not a threat to, the Roman Empire, yeah, as well. This is the other thing that Luke uh, wants to wants to point out, and so these these are the sorts of things that come out uh, in these uh, in these speeches. So, uh, so he brings this speech um, before uh, before Felix, and Felix already knows a lot about. The Christian movement, interestingly, yes. it's referred to as the way. I love, I love that. Right. I love yeah. that. He already knows uh, about this. Um, he's not going to make a decision there and then. He actually, in in the end, what he's opting to do is he calls uh, calls in the uh, uh, Agrippa the second. Yes, uh, as a very pious Jew, actually, uh, Agrippa the second was, and he's going to get a bit more advice. Uh, about this, and he also makes a point of saying, "I mean, he's, he's going to wait for that guy, Lys- Lysias, the guy, the and commander. He, he's going to wait for him to I'll come down. Wait for down. him to come. He's, he's, yeah, he's so heard. The, he's heard it. He's interested in the case. But the interesting thing here is, is that uh, in the meantime, that's going to take a little while. But in the meantime, he sends for Paul, and he listens to him, and he gets his wife Drusilla um, to to come and listen as well. She was uh, Drusilla uh, was uh, a Jewess um, of a uh, pretty good you know a uh, noble stock yes um she uh you know so he's probably calling his wife in to give you know give some advice uh on on Paul and it's interesting 
um, that, you know, there's some, there was also some issues around that, that you know, it, this is his third wife. Yeah. And this is his third wife. You know, yeah. he is her second husband. There's all sorts of issues here yes. with their, you know, with their backgrounds. And Paul just gets a little bit confronting yeah. here. You know, and again, notice what, what he's, because uh, it says here that, uh, Felix was hoping that Paul might bribe him. Because, yeah, there, there, there seems to be a little bit of a trend now, especially we get a hint of this at Paul saying that he is a Roman citizen. It's unusual for this for a Pharisee to be a Roman citizen. Yeah. And so, some people had to spend a lot of money yeah. to, to you know, have this Roman citizen. There might be something about the money that Paul was giving to the church in Jerusalem where yeah. he's got this reputation of he's yeah. got money. We don't know exactly what it is, but yeah. for some reason, Felix has got it in his head. There might be a bribe in yeah. this. But th- but for whatever reason, him and his wife enjoy the company of yeah. Paul, but Paul, he knows exactly where to go. I mean, when Luke records talking about different things, that he tells us what Paul talks about. When he's talking to these two, he's talking about righteousness, Self-control and coming judgment. You know, and it's pretty that's bold. Convicting. Yeah, that's convicting. It's pretty bold. You know, you're talking to a Roman governor. Yeah. You, you should really be begging, <laughs> right? You know, begging and flattering the guy. Then you're talking to, I mean, she's actually, um, she's the daughter of Herod, uh, of Herod Agrippa I. And this is uh, Agrippa II. She's the sister of the king that's going to come down, uh, who's the reigning monarch at, at the time. Yeah. So, she's well-connected. Woman, yes, you've got royalty uh, and and politics you know, galore. Yeah, but he just doesn't get pulled into that. No, he brings you know he brings a message that's very confronting, and he says, oh, "Yeah, that that'll do that'll do for now." And he sends him back off to the prison now, when it gets a bit confronting. And, and not only does he send him back into the prison, we read right at the end of there, Luke keeping a record of this. Two years yeah. go by. Yeah, that's right. This is the other thing about the Book of Acts. Even though it reads so fast, yeah. every now and then there'll be a little line. It's years, months, things. And it's worth past. noting this because imagine how this feels for Paul. He's yeah. in prison for two years. Yeah. God had said to him, "You're going to go to Rome. Yeah. Uh, I'm in prison," and it goes on two years. That's a long time to yeah. be languishing in prison yeah. when you've got this promise that you're going to go that you're going to go to Rome. Yes. So. And look, as we know, Paul writes a number of letters uh, here, probably also the letter to the Romans. Yeah. Look, again, this is where you need to be a bit of a Bible nerd. And this is coming from two two Bible nerds here. This is a very important time in Paul's life when he's stuck in this prison with Luke and the other people coming and going from Caesarea. He's able to really solidify the teaching, the letters, the go- you know, putting out the gospel message yeah. in the letters, in some of the letters that we have from the prison yeah. there. So that was a, this is a really important time, yeah. even though Luke just goes two years later. And really, and and you know, I think it's good to know that these are the kinds of circumstances mm. that those letters that make up such a big part of the New Testament. This is the circumstance yeah. that they're written in. Yeah. This is a guy who is prioritizing above all things the kingdom of God. Yeah. And so, you know, yes, providentially, he has this time there in prison to be writing uh, these letters. There's a new um, uh, a new governor, uh, Festus, comes along. And, what a great name, Festus. Yeah, Felix, well, Felix to Festus. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, and, uh, and so, there's now another trial before Festus. Yeah, and I love the fact that Luke makes a note of this right at the beginning of chapter 25, yeah. that three days, he's been on the job for three days, Festus. Yeah. And straight away, the the Jewish guys who- Two obvi- years later, they've still, yeah. got this, they've still got this gripe. Well, obviously, they were very happy with what Felix was doing about keeping them in prison. Yeah. And Felix and the Jews had an understanding about, yeah, I'll just yeah. keep all in prison here. Yeah. It's okay, guys. Now that that's gone and there's a new guy, guy on the scene- what is going to happen next? The Jews are panicking. Yep. Paul is ready to go in front of it again. Let's take a quick break and we'll jump back into yep. chapter 25 here as we go through the book of Acts on Thrive Deeper.
tracking along there with the Book of Acts with us. It's your old mate DJ Payne here, and I've got some exciting, thrilling news. Two pieces of thrilling news to share with you. Number one is between Thrive Deeper and Thrive Perspectives. The two podcasts that Matt and I do together as the Thrive Network, so far, to date, over the three years we've been doing the podcast, they have been downloaded and listened to well over 50,000 times. Sound the alarms. Put the the, uh, celebration sounds in there. 50,000 times they've been listened to. That's everything all together. We are so excited and thrilled that you make this happen. Now, the other exciting news that I've got to share with you is I was talking to the Brains Trust, the man behind all things Thrive, the man who makes it all happen, and he was letting me know that we are so close to being financially offset by your subscriptions, by your financial partnership. Now, the way this works is that you head over to thrivetoday.tv, donate, and you can become a monthly supporter. For as little as $5 a month, you might do $10 a month, you might even do $30 a month. Whatever you think these podcasts are worth to you, you, you become a subscriber, become a monthly supporter, and that money just goes into offsetting the costs of putting these podcasts out and we are so close to having us in the black it's so exciting we can do we can start doing more things we can start doing greater things with thrive once we get ourselves in the black we're so excited so please consider supporting this ministry head over to thrivetoday.tv click on that donate button pray about it and just give whatever you can it's a small amount per month if everybody does it who's listening Man, we'll be we'll be totally covered. It'll be fantastic. All right, that's enough from me. Let's jump back into the book of Acts with Matt Jacoby here on Thrive Diva. DJ and Matthew as we are going through the book of Acts. This is it, our final episode. Not only the final episode, the final half of the final episode. We're in Acts chapter 25 and Paul is standing before the new governor of the area, Festus. Yep. The Jews have all come back. They're planning ambushes. They've got all this crazy stuff ready to kill him again. What is Festus going to do? Yeah, so... um he, he gives Paul the option, and Paul's a Roman citizen. He knows Paul's a Roman citizen. So, Paul actually has an option. Uh, he, well, he wants to send him to Jerusalem um, to be tried. Are you willing to go up to Jerusalem to be tried? Now, Paul knows that if he goes to Jerusalem, they will ambush him yeah. and, and, and kill him. Uh, now, as a Roman citizen, he actually has an option. Uh, he has the, a, a choice in where he gets uh, his trial, where, where he can have his trial. Yep. And so, what Paul does in order to prevent going to Jerusalem, he says, I appeal to Caesar. Now, this is a, you know, this is a shrewd move because that also becomes his ticket to Rome as well. So, he's going to go to Rome. Actually, he's acquitted in Rome, even though eventually he is martyred. Uh, But that's at another period. That's during the persecutions of Nero. Uh, So, he's actually, he is going to get to Rome and it's going to be with a full, again, uh, at the expense of Rome because he's appealed uh, to Caesar for, and what that basically that means for trial uh, at the highest court in Rome. Yeah. Um, So- I I I love the fact that Festus, you can hear- Festus's sigh of relief when Paul finally says, no, I'm not going to Jerusalem. I appeal to Caesar. And yep. then Festus is like, all righty, how'd you like, see yep. you later. See you later. Off yeah. you well, go. Well, he's, just a bit, he's a bit surprised as well because he think, why wouldn't you just go to Jerusalem if there's no charge against you? Sure. Yeah. I mean, he doesn't. I just doesn't realise how committed these people are to killing Paul. Yep. And also Paul's got this uh, agenda to, uh, to get to Rome. So, um, so then uh, we have this uh, big, kind of show uh, trial 
Uh, because uh, Agrippa II, King yes. Agrippa II, who lives up in, uh, well, he, he's up in the, the other Caesarea, which is um, uh, um, Caesarea Philippi. Yes, which is you remember where where Peter confessed Jesus, you are the you yeah. know you are the Christ, the Son yes. of the Living God. Uh, that was Agrippa actually had a palace up. You can go there today. I, uh, not many people do in the tours. I've got a secret <laughs> <laughs> secret knowledge. Go with that to yeah, the tours. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Get the back door. Uh, of, it's like you, you take this path. You know, it's this random path around, and there's this big palace complex. Wow. Uh, that's. I mean, it's all it's all a ruin now. But you can walk through cisterns, and it's just amazing. No one goes there, right? And it's yeah. a it's the uh, palace of uh, Agrippa the Second. Maybe just no one cares about Agrippa the Second. But I do, and I've been to his palace. And so he comes down from Caesarea Philippi down to Caesarea with uh, with Bernice. Now, this is an interesting one because Bernice is his sister, but there are all these rumours going around yes. uh, that they're in some kind of incestuous relationship. Okay. And, and so this is, there's a kind of, uh, and I think this is probably why Luke uh, points this out because, yeah. you know, here is this couple that is, that have all of these sort of allegations against them, all these rumours going around, they're standing in trial. Uh, yeah, as judge. As well, judge. Well, they're uh, listening. They're, they're, yeah. It sounds to me that, like, you know, this is just a happy accident. You know, Gripper's just there with Bernice, come down for a visit. Yeah. And Festus is like, man, you're not going to believe this case that's going yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Come and, and hear like, it, yeah. And, and, so, and they hold Gripp- this big, yeah. so they hold this big, you know, uh, well, it's a, uh, it's a bit of a show. It's a what would you call it? Um, it's a bit of an event. Yeah. It says that they come out with all pomp and grandeur, yeah. and you've got you know you've got the king and you've got the the governor, and this is actually for Luke. This is an important moment of fulfilment uh, because, as it says in Luke, um, it's promised in Luke twenty one, mm. uh, you will go before kings and governors. Yes. You'll give your testimony before kings and wow. governors, wow. and so this is fulfilling that promise. So here is Paul wow. giving his testimony before kings, exactly as Luke had recorded Jesus saying in Luke twenty one. Yeah. He is standing before kings and governors. He's giving his, t- and it also says there, "Don't worry about what you're to say. The Holy Spirit will give you what to say." And and then we have this, what is really the longest, yeah defense speech of Paul, where it, he gives us a bit of extra detail to about his testimony, which is interesting. And I, a bit of interesting about his testimony, but I love you get you get more of the um, the personal side of Paul as well. You get to yeah. hear his heart a little bit yeah. more in this speech. It's such a long speech. Well, it's and it should be pointed testimony. out too. Again, he, he, here is his opportunity to, to, you know, use his rhetorical skill to get a release or you know, to, yeah. or to get something for himself, but no, he's completely gospel centered. He's going to bring his message, and it's the same, you know, kind of things. Very gospel uh, oriented. Um, I, I love bit, the the and, extra bit. Yeah, sorry, go. Uh, I'm gonna uh, the extra bit here where he records more of Jesus' words to him. Yes, yeah. Than we have in earlier accounts. So, uh, you know, it says from verse 17, I will rescue you from your own people and from the Gentiles. I'm sending you to them to open their eyes and turn them from darkness to light, from the power of Satan to God, so that they may receive forgiveness of sins and a place among those who are sanctified by faith in me. Like he's sharing this before yeah. This audience, because yes. they're mainly a very, uh, they're all of the leading peoples yeah. there in Caesarea, and he's sharing the gospel with them. Yeah, and um, you know, he, and, and it gets yeah. and it gets to the point, and he, and he's appealing to, he's obviously really appealing to King Agrippa here uh, in Paul's speech. Yeah, really, I love this bit. He lo- he's really appealing to them and, and everything. Um, so, you know, so, see, Agrippa, Agrippa is a, he's. He was a pious Jew. He was yeah. known for his uh, piety and knowledge of the scriptures. Yeah. And back down in verse 27, you know, he's bringing this message, right? And at the sharp end of the message, you know, he's talking about this is what the prophets, the law and the prophets predicted Jesus and the death and resurrection of Christ. And then he says in verse 27, King Agrippa, do you believe in the prophets? I know you do. This is where he's really, really you know, going for he's it. not, I mean, this is, it's, it's like he's getting close to an altar call here. Yeah. yeah. Uh, considering the audience, this is amazing. And it's, and says in verse 28, then Agrippa said to Paul, do you think that in such a short time you can persuade me to be a Christian? Like Agrippa gets what he's trying to oh, do so and probably is amazed. Man, he's not up there begging for no. for favours. No, no. He's really 
this, this is a bold man. And boldness is, I mean, the very last verse in the book of Acts uh, highlights the fact that the boldness, the boldness with which the message was going out from Paul. And uh, uh, you see that boldness if, here. If we jump before that, I love the fact he's appealing to Agrippa. And again, he brings up in verse 23 that there's this, his way is to announce God's light to the Jews and Gentiles alike. Festivus at that, Festus at that point, point, you know, shouts out, it's like, Paul, you're insane. Yeah. You're insane. Again, the idea that Jews and Gentiles together, two Festuses yeah, mind. Yeah. To the to the Roman governor is like you're yeah. insane, Paul. That's never yeah. going to happen. All this study's made you crazy. But then he ignores, you know, doesn't yeah. ignore Festus. He says, "I'm not insane." But he really goes for a grip of it. Yeah. He really leaves Festus because he's dealt with it two years for him. Yeah, he's been talking to him yeah, for two right. years. Yeah. He goes for the kill with yeah. a grip. He goes for the jugular. And uh, this is it. Look, uh, it's it's hard to you know, sort of overstate the importance of this. This is a big moment. Yeah. You know, everyone's there. This is really a, a high point of, you know, this moment of testifying before kings and governors. This is it. And so you get this big, long speech and, and Paul's just, you know, uh, he's just going for the jugular. And as he says to uh, Agrippa, short or long time, <laughs> I pray that God, I pray that, I pray to God, not only you, but all who are listening to me today may become what I am except for these chains. Wow. So, you know. And we get, we get an insight there at the very end. They send him off. They're like, man alive, this guy's intense. Send him away. We, we're going to have to, what are we going to do? And we get that ins insight where Agrippa basically agrees with Festus and says, look, you could have probably set him free. Yeah. If he didn't appeal right. to go to Caesar, we got to send him to Rome right. because he's a right. That's right. And we get that inside of the of the political machinations there because mm. he's made that appeal. He's got to go to. That's he's right. got to go to Rome. So he's sent off to Rome, and it's interesting. I mean, he gets to go to Rome with a full escort yeah. again, uh, and at, probably at Roman expense as yes. well because uh, the uh, merchant they, they're going to take merchant ships, and merchant ships would have liked having Roman soldiers uh, aboard. It would have helped with their protection from piracy and so forth. Yeah. So he's getting a free ride with. Uh, with his uh, Roman, uh, well, his uh, Roman officer Julius. We get to know Julius. Yeah, in the beginning, this is what I love about Luke in the chapter twenty-seven. It is like Luke just goes detail crazy. And, and Luke is here because yeah. these are he's talking. We, 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 we yeah. exactly. Yeah. So we get to see Ju Julius, the uh, the the Roman officer, uh, another a Macedonian mm -hmm. guy from Thessalonica who's also went with him. So they've got probably they've got a, I reckon possibly named because he became a Christian. Yeah. Exactly, you know, exactly. Uh, how, you know, this guy's hanging with Paul the whole time. Yeah. And, and probably if someone's named, I think that's, he's probably because Because the, the people who are receiving this letter and the people, you know, the guy who's reading the letter would go, oh, okay, that's that person. Yeah. That's that yeah. person. So they sail, uh, they sail to, um, uh, to Crete mm -hmm. and they're, uh, they've got to make the choice. It's getting late. It's getting close to winter now, which is the time for rough weather. Weather. They they want to, uh, they you know the uh, the commander wants to move on. Everyone else wants to move on. There's an important moment here, very where important. Paul in his ro in his role of prophet. This is important for uh, for Luke writing this because Paul, as the prophet, predicts that uh, as in, it verse, says in 10. verse ten, yeah. men, I, um, I can see that our voyage is going to be disastrous and bring great loss to ship and cargo and also our lives. So, um, uh, but they don't listen to him. Yeah. Uh, and this highlights the fact, and Paul is going to be vindicated. This is, again, it's a very biblical theme. Here is a prophet of God. That how, how do you test a prophet of God? If what they say comes about, and of course, what we see that exactly comes about. So, they they take a vote, basically. Yeah. <laughs> like they discard what Paul says. They take a vote and off they go. Yep. Now, then they hit- the storm. Uh, then they hit us sort of just off off the coast of Crete. Now here's a little story uh, for you. <laughs> I back in the 70s when I was a kid, uh, I sailed in a large sailing ship, uh, 100 foot brigantine. We were, as you, I've told this story, some of our listeners may be familiar. We're doing a circumnavigation, and we hit this exact storm. Wow, that, off the island yeah, of Crete. Yeah, uh, well, we were we were f just a little bit further north. Okay, uh, we were heading. Um, uh, up uh, up to the um, western coast of Turkey um, to Izmir. Yes, and uh, we hit the northerly, the northeast wind, and w it was. I can actually remember it as a kid because it was so dramatic. Wow. We we had a force ten gale. I mean, we we who live on the edge of the Southern Ocean think the Mediterranean's like a lake. Yeah, you know, a pristine lake. Yeah, uh, no, no, actually, it, there's some massive storms. We had a, one of the biggest storms we hit on the whole uh, two two to three year journey around the world. 
the, the, why, this, we were on a big ship. Waves were crashing over the front of the deck. I can remember. Wow. I can remember this well. We had torn sails. Uh, man, we, we limped into Izmir, having been absolutely how long, smashed how by long the storm. You, how long were you smashed? Really? Can you remember how many uh, days? It, it was a, I think it was a, a day or two. But um, yeah. It, yeah, this – so this is – you know, I mean – this is the storm that they're hitting. This is a massive uh, storm that hits them from the northeast. They're washed into the somewhere into the middle of the Mediterranean. Well, this, well, this storm lasts days and days and yeah. days. Luke makes a note that there are days where they don't even see the sun or the moon. Yeah, it is so, the storm is so full on. They're, the men are starving. They're not eating. They're throwing everything That's they right. can and, off and what board. Is, and what does he say, men? He says in uh, verse twenty-one. Uh, you should have taken my advice. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Basically, I, in a nice way, he said, look, I told you so, but- yeah. But we're not lost. And, not, yeah. and he makes the point that, that Jesus had promised that he's going to give them, he's going to, you know, preserve everyone uh, on the ship. Yeah. This is again, you know, uh, this you blessed to be a blessing. Yes. You know, all yep. of those who are with Paul are preserved. This is, again, it's, it's, it's a sort of symbolic- of Paul, not only as the prophet, yeah. but whoever, you know, those who bless you will be blessed, yes. right? It's whoever is with Paul, they are saved. So, yeah. this is actually in in the Greek context, surviving uh, a sea journey like this is almost, was a real sign of, um, in, in the Greek mind, a, a kind of a, a sign of something, often a sign that you're a righteous man. I mean, think of one of the most famous Greek ep- epic, epics is um, is the Odyssey, yeah. uh, Homer's Odyssey, where Odysseus makes this big journey, you know, and uh, this sea, you know, very famous sea journey, right? And the fact that he made it through all adversity, uh, you know, sort of indicated something. You know, the gods yeah. were favorable towards him because he made this journey through all these storms. And so... You can sort of see Luke here describing this story in detail, really speaking to Greek sensibilities with strong biblical, Jewish biblical themes yep. as well. It's really interesting how he's doing this, echoing these these sort of Greek stories of heroes. You know, Paul, in a sense, is shown to be the true hero in yep. a sense here. And there's also something about Luke's writing in, in as a doctor, as someone who's concerned with details, numbers, people, facts, all this way through. It's not an airy-fairy story. It's not some loosey-goosey narrative. It's not some, like the Jewish people who keep coming up against Paul, they're just making these wild accusations with no proof. It's almost like Luke is going, I'll give you a story with proof. You want a story with proof? This is how many days, this is how many people, 276 people on the boat. It's 14 days. We're eating this. And it's divine vindication. I mean, this is, this is divine vindication in language that, that Gentiles can understand. Yeah. You know, he he went through all of this, not and so you know, he, Paul is asleep. Interestingly, in the middle of the storm, is a, you know, you, who does that, that, who does that remind reminds you of? Reminds you of Jesus. You know, <laughs> Jesus appears to him and reiterates the promise. No, yeah. you are going to go to Rome, and I've given you everyone on this boat. Yeah. You know, so Paul uh, tells them this, and it's interesting. He tells them to eat, and they break bread. <laughs> uh, it's this beautiful yeah. moment yeah. Yeah. Uh, where where he has that you know. In, in language in verse 35 of what chapter are we in? Of 27. Um, he says, uh, uh, after he'd because he urges them to eat food. And it says, after he said this, he took some bread and gave thanks to God in front of them all. And he broke it and began to eat. This is exact <laughs> language, yeah. uh, you know, the exact kind of language that Luke, yeah. who records the Last Supper. Yeah. Uh, so we have that. That moment of it's beautiful. reference back. It's to, oh man, this is just uh, and it's, it's also and again in Paul's mind and maybe even in Luke's mind at that time, they're thinking the next day they might actually get to where they're going or something's going to happen the yeah. next day. So this could very well be the Last Supper. Yeah, while he's in custody before the next thing happens. Yeah. So in that's in mindset yeah. as well. And it's a beautiful thing of Paul. You see Paul Paul's. Um, reputation amongst the sailors, you know, and sailors, you know, every story about a sailor is having them to be very superstitious and, you know, believe different things about the sea and everything like this. And at the point after 14 days of them experiencing this this storm, Paul actually encourages all of them. They eat, they feel encouraged, and you can sort of see Paul's reputation rising oh, yeah. amongst the men. And, and, a, and a powerful testimony. Yeah. I mean, as he's breaking bread, he's giving thanks to God. 
they're all gathering around this guy, you know, whose words to them, remember that his words have been vindicated. Yep. They understand that he's a prophet now. Yep. And he's telling them, hey, God has promised that everyone with me is going to be saved. So much so that when they think, right, we're going to make a run for for the yeah. in the in the lifeboats, Paul says, I can't guarantee that. If you stick with me on the boat, you're going to be fine. Very significant. That's you're, actually that, very significant. And so they yeah. cut away the boats and go, okay, we're with you. And, yeah. it's, and to the point when when it finally they 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 uh, you know they're rupturing and smashing against the rocks and things are looking really dark. The Roman soldiers are like, you know, looking in their handbook. What's the rule book here say to <laughs> do? Right. Uh, we can't let any of these Roman prisoners away. We're going to kill them all. And the commander's like, no, 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 no. You're not killing Paul. He said he's going to keep everyone alive. Let's just follow his. And his when no plan. one dies in the end, so they all yeah. Yeah, they all survived. So they go. They're, they're shipwrecked on Malta. They yep. go to Malta. The Maltese come out. Uh, they. Um, you know, they build this fire and then Paul gets bitten by a poisonous snake yeah. and they're all thinking, okay, see, in the, again, think about the, the Greek mind. Yes. They're thinking he's been saved through a storm yes. only to be bitten by a snake. Yeah. The, the goddess justice, yeah. uh, you know, must be after him. Yeah. Well, and the Maltese you know, and the Maltese people say, "Well, he's a murderer. Must have been he, he murdered must someone. Have, yeah, he must have done something, and the goddess justice must be uh, must be after him. But when nothing happens miraculously, yeah. when he suffers no uh, symptoms of this snake bite, yeah. they're even more impressed. <laughs> then that not only has he and 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 to everyone with him, not only has he has he survived this whole storm, yeah. but he's been bitten by a snake and survived that too. Yeah. So you know, Luke here is writing something. This is this is really loud and clear in, yes. in Gentile minds, this guy is a man of God and yeah. being looked after uh, by God. So they, they end up, now we're finally in the final yeah. chapter of yeah. the book of Acts, Acts chapter 28. Yeah. They're on the island of Malta. Not only does he survive the snake bite, he then even heals one of the officials, yeah. uh, you know, family members. All the sick people of Malta come. Paul yeah. does it a miraculous work in Malta. And at this point, Everybody who's been with him, the Maltese and the yeah. people and the, the soldiers, everybody in the boat, they're like, we're with you. Like Paul's yeah. converted them all basically. Yeah. And so finally, after three months, it's time to set sail again. They get to Rome. Yeah. You can imagine it's been like revival on this island. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's, just, exactly. it's just spectacular. So, yep. Yeah, so he, he, uh, you know, he finally gets to Rome. Overall, this is a five month, even in good weather from, uh, from, um, you know, Jerusalem from um, Caesarea. Yes. This would be a five-month journey to wow. Rome. Wow. Uh, so, it's taken a heck of a lot longer than that because yes. of the storm and so forth. So, he finally gets to Rome. Now, I want you to note what he does here. So, he gets to Rome and he calls together the Jewish leaders. Mm. And remember the priority throughout the book of Acts to the Jew first, then to the Gentile. Gathers together the Jewish leaders. He's expecting that they would have received letters from uh, people in Jerusalem. Yeah. Now, as it turns out, nothing. They've received nothing. They have no idea about it. Well, Probably well, indicating that the people in Jerusalem, the leaders in Jerusalem, have just given up. Yeah. Yeah, probably. Or that the letter that they were carrying, one of the soldiers was carrying with them on the boat. Yeah, actually, <laughs> yeah. went down in the shipwreck yeah, or something like that. Who yeah, knows? That, yeah, Who that, knows? that could be true too. But they've <laughs> they've received nothing. Yeah. Uh, he he shares with them the good news uh, again to the Jew first, then to the Gentile. Some accept. Some of them reject it. Yeah. Um, but it's a different attitude. It's funny how we see that the Roman Jews, the, you know, the Jews living in Rome yeah. are, are, are quite a lot more, they're not all rolled up and crazy like the the Jerusalem ones. Yeah. Um, you know, they, they actually say, we want to hear. Yeah, tell us what we want to hear because the only thing we've heard about this way thing is that yeah. everyone's telling us it's rubbish. We don't really know much about it. Tell us about it, Paul. What a great opportunity for him. Yeah, so they they actually organize. They, I mean, they organize this large gathering. Yeah. Uh, so Paul addresses. They come to him, of course, because yes. he's a prisoner. Uh, so he's he's probably under under mild house arrest. This yeah. would be mild house arrest. He's well, able to receive visitors. And yeah. So Luke forth. says he was able to have his own private lodging, and he yeah. was guarded by a soldier. Yeah. Great. Yeah. They don't they don't see him as dangerous. So he's able to entertain all these people. They all come, uh, and he you know shares the good news. Yeah. Um, Tradition has it that he was actually in a really nice 
Yeah, he was actually in a really nice place in Rome. Like mm. uh, some some of the uh, believers and people had gotten together and actually were able to give him somewhere really a really nice private lodging. Yeah, where he was able to entertain a lot of people. Yeah. and speak to a lot of people. Yeah. So some come to faith, as is always the case. Uh, some disagree. Some are sitting on the fence. Those who are sitting on the fence uh, leave when Paul, in classic Paul fashion, just really gets confronting here because he uh, he says, you know, he, he makes this statement, the Holy Spirit spoke the truth uh, to your ancestors when he said through Isaiah the prophet, go to this people and say, you will be ever hearing but never understanding. You will be ever seeing but never perceiving for this people's heart has become callous and so forth. The very thing that actually Jesus uh, actually says uh, early on, quotes yep. that exact passage. Yep. And, uh, and so it's this sort of, prophetic denunciation against the unbelief of those who are not responding to the message. And then he says, therefore, I want you to know that God's salvation has been sent to the Gentiles and they will listen. So, this is the move. So, what we, what we, and we, as we come to the end of the book, um, you know, because I guess as probably modern readers, we want to say, whoa, whoa, hang on. But what happens to Paul? Yeah. Where's the end what, of the movie? We, we don't even we don't even hear about the trial, right? Yeah. We don't yeah. even hear what happens in the trial. Yeah. So now, as we put the pieces together in in the letters of Paul, you know, evidently, you know that he was uh, acquitted at that trial, and he, you know, perhaps goes to Spain or does some other travels does or so forth. Does another mission trip? We don't does know another about, mission yeah. trip. Uh, but see, for Luke, that's not the important part. He, yep. What he wants to show is that the gospel has gone to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth, right? And and, and this is it. And he ends the. I mean, the and last he's gotten to Rome, you know, yeah. and and he's you know he's testifying to the gospel there. So this is not about this is not about the victory of Paul. This is about the victory of the gospel. Yeah. This is about. This is the fulfillment of the promises of God. And God had said, you are going to testify me, you're going to testify me about me in Rome. Here he is in Rome. And it says here in the very last verse I love it. of the book of Acts, he proclaimed the kingdom of God and taught about the Lord Jesus with all boldness and without hindrance. That is the perfect ending uh, to the book. Look, it, so it may be, it, look, it may be that Luke doesn't record uh the because one of the question is what about the martyrdom of Paul? Why isn't yeah. that recorded? May it, this may simply be because it's written before yeah. the martyrdom of Paul. Obviously, uh, so. Um, but again, for for Luke, this is the perfect ending because that's what it's all about. This yeah. is about the advance of the kingdom of God, and and it's an encouragement to us as Christians and very much the early times uh, to proclaim the kingdom of God with all boldness and without hindrance you know so good. and and the, the promise the implicit promise here if you if you will be bold nothing will hinder yeah. the advance yeah. uh, of of the gospel and the kingdom of god it, it's it's a great picture the and the uh, one little one other little thing behind the scenes while paul is in rome for at least 2 years obviously luke is there with him you know yeah. you know luke is there with him and that's probably the time that luke put together this work yeah. for Theophilus, yeah. Yeah. you know, sitting there with Luke as Luke is teaching everything, you know, sorry, as Paul is teaching everything, Luke is taking all these different notes, assembling everything that yeah. he's put together. So there's an amazing work of establishing yeah. the church in Rome, yeah. in the church, you know, more letters going out from, from this type of thing. So it's an amazing time. And at the end of that time, it was Luke had to, Luke yeah. was writing these books for a reason. Yeah. As a testimony to this guy, yeah. so it was time for him to give it to that guy. That's and yeah. again, a lot of people, a lot of us as modern readers who are living outside of this time frame want us to want yeah. want a part three. But Luke is like, no, no, this was I've written the two books that I needed to write. But it, it is beautiful. Yeah. It is beautiful because the whole theme of Luke here, right from the beginning, is what does the kingdom of God look like? Jesus is yeah. going to talk about it. Talked about it. Talked about it. Talked about it. Now, how does it actually flesh yeah. out? It's not what we thought it was at all, yeah. at, at, at any anything that we thought it was. In fact, it's going to be- Well, it's exactly as Jesus predicted. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, but yeah. not what we thought. Yeah, not, right. not, not exactly, exactly as Jesus said it was, nothing what we thought it was going to be. In fact, the kingdom of God can happen underneath the nose or underneath the watchful gaze of one of the most- Evil empires the world has ever seen, mm. Rome. And powerful, yeah. And powerful. Right in the center of their yeah. center of power, there can be the kingdom of God sitting right there 
welcoming all to it and converting, you know, those who want to hear. Yeah. You know, it's it's bold, it's moving, it's converting, but it has nothing to do with political power. Yeah. has nothing to do with governments. It, it, it moves on its own thing. Yeah, the spirit of right. something doing something totally different, which yeah. is a real encouragement. I know. It's great. To, to all of us these days. I well, think. you mentioned, uh, we'll finish with this. Um, you know, you mentioned the part three. Well, we're in part three right now. <laughs> and this is the remarkable thing. Yeah. They never would have imagined. I mean, you know, Jesus says said that the yeast will spread throughout the dough of this world, right? A bold, bold promise to 12 guys that this movement, the kingdom of this kingdom movement is going to spread around the whole globe. Yeah. We, we, as we now stand at a time where, where the, the gospel has spread around this gr- globe at a greater rate of you know, redistribution in the last 50 years than at any other comparable time yep. uh, in history. Uh, it has become this worldwide movement that is going like wild, still is. Yes. Against, and I should emphasize, against adversity, you look at the places where the church is growing fastest. Uh, China, today, yeah, Iran. China, Iran. I yep. mean, it's amazing, you know, it's, and, and so we see the without hindrance, right? Is without hindrance. Now, I mean, and, and I, and our part, God's part is the without hindrance, right? It will be without hindrance. Our yeah. part is boldness. Are we willing to be part of this story? That's the question That's we need to ask, ask ourselves. It. Are we prepared to step into this as Paul did? Because if we step into this purpose, we step into something that is going to be without hindrance. But we need to be bold. I mean, you mentioned, you know, I mean, I've got to know a number of Iranian Christians from Iran and got a guy at our college that's planning to go back as a Christian, wow. as a missionary. It's like, wow. wow, what boldness. The the promise of God is if we step forwards in boldness with the desire, not, not recklessly, no. but in love and grace and boldness to do the work of God, to be available, then nothing will hinder this. Nothing will hinder this as we all do our part. And I just want to encourage our readers to recognize this. We're, we're in this story. This this story has unfolded re- actually more remarkably than even these people, you know, could <laughs> could perhaps have imagined, even though it was predicted by Jesus, right? We, we're in, this is a remarkable time of fulfillment. The story continues and we can be part of it. What a great encouragement. I love that transaction there that Matthew just outlined. Boldness is our is our part of the you know the contract. Without hindrance, God will deal with that. We we leave that up to him. We've just got to be bold. Man, we flip it around so many times, don't we? We flip it around in our heads. We want that hindrance gone and then we'll be bold. But no, it's the other way around. We can see that in the life of Paul. Oh, what an amazing journey through the book of Acts. I, I hope and pray, Matthew's and my prayer, and everybody involved in Thrive, is that it's it's our prayer that you would be encouraged as much as we are as we go through and study and bring out all these truths to you. If you've got any questions, as always, please get in touch with us. Become a financial supporter over at thrivetoday.tv. We'd love to chat with you over there. All right, what's coming up next? We're going back to the Old Testament. We'll get that in a fortnight's time here on Thrive Deeper. Thanks for listening to this episode of Thrive Deeper. Matthew and DJ really appreciate the questions and thoughts about what you're reading in the Bible as you go through it with Thrive. Our home on the internet is thrivetoday.tv. You can contact us, ask questions, see all of our resources and much more at our website, thrivetoday.tv. The Thrive Today Network is on Facebook. Our Facebook page and links to our community groups are waiting for you. Just search and like Thrive Today page in Facebook now. Visit ratethispodcast.com slash thrivedeeper. If you appreciate what we do and want to help us reach more people, go to ratethispodcast.com slash thrivedeeper. Until next time, our prayer is that these shows will inspire you to go deeper into God's Word and thrive. This was another DJP.FM production. 